rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Well, hello there, patriots, normal people, Americans, beautiful people, friends, patreons, patrons, and everybody else. Um, my name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for hanging out. We meet here whenever. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's how we're going to have to say it. We have a regular Saturday evening thing, and then we get together during the week as many times as possible. If we want to have a daily show at a set time, please become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin, and eventually that'll happen. Okay? A girl can dream. Hopefully it'll, it'll happen while I'm still above ground, because <laughs> otherwise it will defeat the point, right? What's the purpose when you're finally, when grandma comes and takes me into the light, it's going to be a little too late. So waste not a moment if you can, if you can afford it. And I understand times are tough. Believe me, I get it. Go to, but if you can go to patreon.com slash Tara Devlin and become a patron. This is unapologetic liberal talk for those of you who are new. I know we're getting, um, and I appreciate this, we're getting more viewers and listeners, so that's good. We're going in the right direction, but not fast enough for my liking, but hey, it is what it is. You keep doing it anyway. I keep waking up anyway. That's how, I mean, basically, that's how I got clean. I stayed, I mean, off of drugs. Those who don't know, I'm in recovery, so, and I always say I got clean anyway, no matter what, I want, you know, everything in my body was screaming, go use, but I stayed clean anyway. So this is how I think. You win? I don't know. We stick together, we win. It's, it's it really is about action. So um, in, in general and in life, of course, what else is there? Uh, unless uh, there's nothing more boring to me than complaining, but... We're talking about the solutions here. We know what's wrong with this country. We know how to fix it. <laughs> I could say that definitively. It's not that, uh, you know, it's not that they don't know how to do it either. And I think that a lot of what we're up against is we're up against the greed of a select few and it's we're really up against what human beings have been confronting for uh, since we crawled out of the ooze and that is um how to make really how do we make a more perfect union for all so we've always had to battle against the worst aspects of the human condition in my opinion where you have a few that simply, I don't, I don't really get it. There never seems to be enough for some people. And here in this country, we've, I think on some level, we, I mean, we let them get away with that kind of, um, con we let the, the whole concentrated wealth thing happen, partly because we're confused that people don't really understand. They, it's, um, it's been um, associated with uh, entrepreneurialship and 
um, the American dream, in a way, has been redefined into not that, not that you and I and the majority of people can have a decent middle-class life as our American birthright, but that you too can be a billionaire if you come up with some scam, whatever it might be, or maybe you come up with a bookstore online, then you can become the world's first trillionaire. And we're supposed to all worship that in some form, I suppose. That It's not that people can't be rich. Of course, there's always rich people. There were rich people in the great prosperity. But what we we have to get back to the reality of what we're doing. What is a democracy? What is the meaning of uh, why did all of our, um, all of those people who are lying in Arlington National Cemetery, why did they sacrifice their lives, supposedly? Not so a few people could ride us unfettered to the bank. No. So we could all have a, 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 a government that promotes the general welfare, right? That we're in this together. Our national motto is E Pluribus Unum. Oh, shit, I forgot to do something. Okay. I forgot to uh, make Rockfin go live. You, if you're on Rockfin, or, or if you're not on Rockfin, join Rockfin, R-O-K-F-I-N.com. Subscribe to the Tarabuster channel there. That helps get us up into numbers. I don't know. Fucking numbers. It's so annoying. I hate having to say these things. I really do. I hope you realize that. That I don't... I wish I didn't have to get on here and say all these plugs. I do. I really do. Not that I wouldn't want to support Rockfin or or tell you about Rockfin. I'm just saying. I wish that I had... I don't know. What... If, if I hit the lottery or something, I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't bother you anymore. So, but yeah, it's kind of annoying. I'd rather just do what we're doing. Anyway, everybody has to do it. It's, we don't have billionaire benefactors. That's the problem. Not that I want, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking myself, I, I, I'm, I'm having an argument with myself and I'm losing I'm right on the air. Okay. Thank you. Already, right out of the gate here, JD, thank you <laughs> for your super chat. Don't mention grandma. I will always mention grandma, JD says. I will mention grandma. I already mentioned grandma without even seeing your super chat. Because I said, grandma, is grandma going to take me into the light or something like that? That's what will happen one day. I'll be like, grandma, where the hell you been? Go into the light, you say? I would love to go into the light. Jeez. Not, I mean, not today. We have work to do here. And thank you, Guyon, for your super chat. Howdy. Howdy, Ron. Right back at you. Right back at you, guys. All right. So, lots of stuff going on, as you know. Um... All right, I wanted to talk about... There's a few things. I, I see, as we came on the air here, an unapologetic commie in the chat pointed it out. I didn't know this. This just happened. Nira Tandon 
withdrew her nomination or whatever. Who cares? Okay. Maybe that'll free up Joe Biden's time to fight for, for the $15 minimum wage. This is really getting on my nerves. And it's emblematic of everything that we, we talk about on the show and everything that's wrong with this country. The, the bottom line is, okay, okay, the $15 minimum wage is not even a livable wage. So that in itself, the fact that we have to basically beg these sons of bitches, these, repre- these so-called representatives who we voted for, okay, all right, I get it, everything is broken, but this is the, 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 res- the result of a broken system. And I was on uh, yesterday, I was on uh, the DC report with Brad Bannon and Mark Grimaldi. It's, it's uh, Leslie Marshall's show. So he does, I guess, Mondays. So then we, he was, we were having this conversation about, um, well, what's, he's very practical, Brad Bannon. And Mark Grimaldi actually worked for Joe Biden, but he was, uh, I know, you know, he's more of a Bernie person. I mean, he's a progressive. He's not that, uh, I don't know the whole backstory, but anyway, he was saying that, uh, so as I, I was talking about the minimum wage that this, it's, it's annoying that (laughs) to put it mildly that. Biden is fighting harder for near attendance than he is for the minimum wage. And they just concede defeat over the minimum wage, over the parliamentarian? What now you tell me, ladies and gentlemen, if let's say the shoe was on the other foot and the parliamentarian told the Republicans that they sh- they couldn't stop President Obama from uh, they couldn't stop his nominees from having hearings what do you think the republicans would do this is the same situation so what the parliamentarian ruled that the that it's not oh, she's one person this is one person the parliamentarian we're talking about millions of americans who haven't had a raise since 2009 give me a break living check to check in the least upwardly mobile of all of the western democracies can't save four hundred dollars one third can't retire yeah i watch corporate media it's interesting to me the um you know years ago i remember reading an article in like ad week or something that um uh, you know uh what's uh what's uh what's that show mad men that's about the um advertising agency in the 50s but they stopped the advertising agencies stopped um marketing to the American middle class. And this was the article I was reading years ago. And this during the Bush administration, because the middle class was dying. So they weren't targeting them as, uh, as aggressively as they, so they really go after 
certain demographics. And when you watch commercials and, and whatever advertising, you could really see who they're trying to reach what they're trying and what the message that is that they're trying to portray. And I see all these commercials now on MSNBC about retiring. Are you ready for retire? Oh, here comes retirement. And it's all about, do you have enough to retire? And uh, I'm going to spend my golden years walking on a beach or just how fabulous it is to retire. I wish, I don't know. Um, in this country, when you the statistic is one third of the American people cannot retire, cannot. That's a lot of one third is a is an appalling statistic. One third, that in itself says everything we need to know about how broken the system is. The people like Joe Manchin, who lives in a state, okay, where the the national poverty rate in the United States is around 10.5%, but it's it's near 17% in West Virginia. So he's, his, there there are no (laughs) more, people who needed more however i'm saying this i know i'm not saying that correctly my english is broken for something for some reason i don't know blame grandma jd but uh nobody not no what am i trying to say the people of west virginia need a raise and joe manchin has the effing he's got the He's got the, it's not balls, it's uh, gall to, to, to block it, to say, no, I'm not going to, I don't agree with this because he's, um, by doing so, he's buying into, and he's also validating the Republican talking points, which is another thing that, that Joe Manchin does. He validates them by giving them by by pretending that raising the minimum wage is gonna hurt small businesses. This is what they all all say. So, well, don't don't you think small businesses? I mean, it's economics 101. If people have money to spend, they will spend it. Give the people who spend money money, and that that uh will go flooding back into the economy, which is why every dollar spent in public assistance returns a dollar sixty in economic stimulus. So when you have a fifteen dollar minimum wage, when you give the millions of Americans a raise, you will immediately see the effect. So what do, everything that Joe Biden not Joe Biden uh, Joe Manchin is uh, talking about. I don't know what what his problem is. Maybe it's just that he likes all of the sudden being somehow um, pivotal in the day-to-day operations of government. But otherwise, you know, he should be appalled. He should be ashamed. He shouldn't have... He should be too ashamed to show his face in West Virginia, to walk around knowing that his state has a near 17% poverty rate. 
and uh, as opposed to the 10% that the entire country should be ashamed of. There is absolutely no reason why anybody in this country should live in poverty. Isn't that the point, you see? And this is why we do the show, okay? To We're reaching out to... Re, I mean, this is all common sense. To get this our the the view across this is not just progressive what are we talking about we're talking about humanity we're talking about what's right this is not a progressive issue this is about what's right and what's wrong and what because what are we doing here what is the point of having a government is it just to make uh, the rich richer because that's what they've turned it into yet again, like the system the founders rebelled against. So when I was on the show with Brad Bannon yesterday, and he kept saying, well, how are you going to get Joe Manchin to vote for it? And I'm like, how you get Joe Manchin to vote for, uh, you know, because he's standing in the way. The point is, if Joe Biden wanted to fight for the $15 minimum wage, he could. How are you going to get Joe? How are you going to get Joe Manchin to vote for it? You would put pressure on Joe Manchin. That's how you would get him to vote for it. You, I don't know what goes on behind the closed doors, but if Joe Biden really wanted uh, to fight for the minimum wage raise, he could get he could definitely get Joe Manchin to uh, to acquiesce. You pressure him. You use your bully pulpit. You go to West Virginia. You send your vice president to West Virginia to go on TV and say, well, how come? Because this is a popular initiative. It's not like people don't want a raise. They not only want a raise, they need a raise. And you get the vice president of the United States to go on, go to West Virginia and say, how come? The the uh, poverty rate is sixteen uh, over. It's near seventeen percent in this uh, in West Virginia, and Joe Manchin is standing in the way of a raise. Uh, this is what you have to do if you wanted to, if you had the will to fight. You just muster the same will you have to fight for Neera Tandon. It's sickening. So the point is. Look at um, who, why are they fighting? So, okay, okay, Neera Tandon's off the table now, but just, uh, that's beside the point. But they're, why, why were they fighting so hard for her, but yet so willing to roll over for the parliamentarian, for something that has an over 70% approval rating, and also is needed. This is not about what's um, compromising. Here's the thing, too. I am so sick of the Democrats talk, and, and the Republicans, oh, excuse me, Jesus Christ, I just pulled out my own headset. I do this all the time. Because <sighs> I, I put my leg up on this thing I have here. It's, it's a habit. And then I pull the headset I put my leg down. Hold on a second. Jesus. Oh, good. The music. Perfect timing. 
All right. What was I saying? So, wait a minute. Now I can't hear. FN, oh, thank you, Stephen Lee, for your super chat. Mamma mia. We come together easy in times of crisis. Why not all the time? Just saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Very true. Uh, yeah. Okay. So th as far as the minimum wage is concerned, the, okay, what was I saying? Compromising. These are the things that have been on my mind listening to the past few days, plus watching the filthy fascist bastards at CPAC. All of that, that was disgusting. I couldn't believe what uh, half of the things I was seeing. And plus Ted Cruz. Okay, Ted Cruz. Not, they literally have a stage shaped as a Nazi rune. And, oh, is that a coincidence? That's not a coincidence. This is what they do. Republicans, they're, they're a lost cause. And it's about time this country, the normal people, the patriots of this country, I'm talking about you and me, and the people who are capable of functioning in a free democratic society, that we stop compromising with evil. There's no compromising with snakes. You don't compromise with what's wrong. And when this country, all of our troubles, not all, of course, but the majority of, the, of what's holding us back it are, if you look through our history, compromising with, with evil. The compromise of 1860, the compromise of 1790, the, comp uh, the three-fifths compromise all of this these compromising with the what's wrong with evil and we think that's success at the time and now we are supposed to compromise what we, that's what we got whenever we compromise with republicans when we okay let's say it's conservatives that's what it's about to, I know it's very confusing for right-wingers because they're like, Republicans, we're, they freed the slaves. It was the progressives. The Republican Party was founded as the progressive antidote to the entrenched Democratic Party of its day. So things have changed, Right. Uh, they can't seem to grasp that somehow, but, well, I guess it's because they're always dragging us back to, I guess it, well, but in 1860, if this were 1860, they would be the, they would be the Democrats. So that's how it goes. It's very confusing for them because they're not that smart. They're not that swift. Look at them. Look at them. Look at who they worship. That's all you got to say. Look at Ted Cruz. They voted for Ted Cruz. They voted for him again. That's the guy. You thank yourself next time you get a power outage because they're not, they haven't, they're not doing anything in Texas about, they're not changing their rules. 
They're not, they haven't learned a thing. That's what it means to be a Republican. To be a conservative means never having to say you're sorry and never ever changing or learning a goddamn thing. So next time, because guess what? It's going to get cold again in Texas. So guess what? You're going to lose your power again. And no, when will they learn? When will people learn? But anyway, um, it's, uh, I, I'm, the point is, I, I, is I'm sick of it, okay? I am so sick of, and we're sick. We are sick from compromising with evil. There's no compromising. We don't, okay, as far as the $15 minimum wage is concerned, the $15 minute. this is what is driving me up a goddamn kazoo. The $15 minimum wage won't even cover the cost of living for many Americans, especially families. So here's from, uh, let's see, CNBC, that socialist website, CNBC. Greg Iacuri writes, a $15 minimum wage could become a reality in the United States. While millions would get a pay boost from a higher national wage floor, it would still fall far short of paying many workers what's known as a living wage. The salary a person or family needs to cover their basic expenses. That's especially true for families largely due to higher living costs like child care relative to single adults. Even with a raise to $15 an hour, a typical family of four couldn't afford the basics in any state. According to an analysis of cost of living data assembled by researchers at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, this example assumes that... um, Two kids and two adults working full-time for minimum wage. Okay. Here we go. Let me see. Let me see if I could show you this chart that I'm looking at. All righty. Let's do this. Boom, boom. Where the minimum wage is a living wage. Okay, it's hard to really make out all of these charts in the on the little screen. I could see that. The data weighs costs like food, childcare, healthcare, housing, transportation, and other necessities. It doesn't include income from sa- safety net programs for the poor. Since adults without kids would generally fare better than families, according to the analysis, or single, single adults, not since, but... In about half of states, the cost of living would still eclipse earnings for workers paid $15 an hour. The shortfalls would generally be greater for workers in the West and Northeast, states like California, Hawaii, Massachusetts, and New York, as well as the District of Columbia, where the cost of living and taxes tend to be higher. When people are screaming that a $15 minimum wage is such a radical proposition. The radical thing is it, it, about it is, quite frankly, how low it would actually be, said Judy Conti, 
government affairs director at the National Employment Law Project, a worker advocacy group. President Biden has called for a $15 hourly pay floor. House Democrats aim to, well, this is written a few weeks ago, uh, attach the policy which would gradually raise the wage through 2025 to a $1.9 trillion pandemic aid package. The COVID pandemic has thrust the concept of a living wage into starker relief as advocates claim frontline and essential workers, often women and people of color, are underpaid for their labor while putting their health at risk. Democrats are trying to pass more pandemic aid by mid-March through survival of the minimum wage, though survival of the minimum wage measure isn't assured. Well, we know where that stands right now. Biden reportedly told state officials last week that the pay hike was unlikely to survive in the near term, but promised to continue pursuing the policy. Well, that's not why people voted for Democrats, right? One of the things about the Dems is they're, they're, they're incredibly frustrating, isn't it? frustrating to be a Democrat or to identify as a Democrat, knowing how feckless, how much they give up before they even fight. This is not a battle to give up on. We're, we have a window of opportunity. We have a window of time here to fix this country or it's over. Okay. Oh, yeah, we'll still have a country, technically. It will not be the constitutionally limited democratic republic that our ancestors and others fought, bled, and died to entrust to us. It'll be another uh, oligarchy where the rich run and own everything and everybody else knows their place. And we're really... on. We're, we're there. We're almost there. And we're almost permanently there. We have a House of Representatives that is now a House of Millionaires. That's supposed to be the people's house. When you have a country where 80% are living check to check and can't save $400 and they're represented, the, the, the closest legislative branch are um, populated by millionaires... This is an aberration. And this is, should be, we should all understand how, um, how dangerous it is. And it shouldn't be, we should be appalled. It shouldn't be that only millionaires represent the people. That's a whole other reason why we need money out of politics. Money in politics is the root of all evil. Yes, it's all part of what has to change. And the $15 minimum wage is the, the reason it drives me insane to listen to Democrats acquiesce and roll over. It's because exactly what we're talking about. It's not even a livable wage. We're not talking about something out of the ordinary. Uh, it's not pie in the sky. 
It's only pie in the sky when the majority, when the working class has been so effectively neutered, beaten down, beaten into submission. We, and, it's, and it's also, we've been beaten into submission psychologically. Because we are the, not us, because we're not dumbasses, but a lot of Americans, they, they consider themselves, they, they think, they look at a Jeff Bezos and they think that's the American dream, you see? It's not that you too can have a decent middle-class life and take a vacation now and then and retire, you know, get, have the freedom to be, um, to be a human being, to spend time with your friends and family in this limited lifespan that we have, that we're sharing in this blip of time together, to uh, take a vacation, to have some uh, um, outside pursuits. You're not just a cog in the machine, you know, p- play music, write poetry, this is what it means to be free. To, that's what a, the mark of a functioning civilization is. We, this is the rules of the game, that we, we form a government and we band together as a country to say the, this is the, the, the kind of society we want to be, where, you can, where you're free. You're free to go and uh, pursue your hobbies or your dreams. We're there. We will catch you if you fall. If you fall sick, you have the freedom to be frail and human and need help because we all do. And that should be what what it means, (laughs) what, what a functioning civilization is and what we would be proud of. What are we proud of? That the majority of people are living check to F and check? I mean, just keep saying that. Drive it home. That's the mark of a failed system. But it's not failed. It's only failed when you're on the wrong side of Reaganomics. For the oligarchs, for the people who are who really are paying i mean that's who the republicans are really working for and a lot and a bulk of the dems clearly there it's this is the point they want a nice and malleable desperate working class they don't want to have to pay you if i mean you're not you're nothing you're annoying to them if they could turn you into a robot, they would, and they do. They're, the meaning of an economy to them is that you, you, you're soylent green to them. Don't expect anything more. Your rewards will come in heaven. That's why they love. The Republicans want you to go to church and to uh, worship Jesus and all that. Of course, not anybody else, just Jesus. So you don't pester your betters. And if you're not making it on seven twenty-five an hour, and you must not be praying hard enough. You're not innovative enough. 
you're not, um, uh, I guess you're just not strong. That's the thing. They, uh, the th- I keep hearing this bullshit. I, even a friend of mine was telling me, he listens to right-wing radio, this friend of mine, and it's very distressing, of course, and I'm constantly having to re-educate him uh, to be normal. But he's always saying things like, but this this comes from right-wing radio. He says things like, oh, my aunt, like he talks about his ancestors or whatever. They came here from Sweden in uh, 1900, and they never took a handout. They never took any government assist. How the fuck do you know? What are you talking about? They never took nothing from no... How the... Uh, first of all, we didn't have socialist security until, you know... FDR. So, but what are you talking about? They didn't, nobody, they didn't even do nothing for nobody. What, so what does that mean? You're, you're a sucker then if you think that, um, I guess, somebody working in the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory was really going to get it all on their own and do it all on their own with no help from nobody else. And if that was the case, you really think that somebody working in a broken system could get ahead without ha- without the, the rules of the game changing to, fa- to, to favor the majority, the working class majority. It's, it's about, I mean, all this fiction, this fucking fairy tale that people tell them, I never did this, nobody did, I, 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 I'm sure all of those morons who stormed the Capitol, these racist, white supremacist, Nazis, freaks, geeks, all of the, the, uh, the, the ghouls, uh, the idiots, the ones, I mean, I, I'm still thinking about how they're saying, what, or that quote, that I read or heard or whatever, where one of the people were like, they're shooting at us when they should be shooting at BLM, not the Patriots. So they're the Patriots, you know, storming the Capitol to stop the democratic process and killing people. But, um, I, you, but you know that all of those morons who stormed the Capitol and we've, we read the, um, article about how, all of the ones who were who were arrested that the primarily they have financial troubles they have a history of uh, bankruptcies and being you know just being all fucked up with uh, finances in different different ways and i am sure all of them you know it they're on all kinds of public assistance you know but they they think that uh, they did it all themselves, you see. I do it myself. It reminds me of my little niece when she was little. Well, she, now she's not little anymore. She's a grown woman. But she used to say, I do it myself. And I'd be like, okay. And then she'd be like, <laughs> Aunt Tara, can you um, please? Uh... So, th- but that's, uh, she was a child, though. That's the thing with the Republicans. They don't seem to get it. They're, I don't get them. I really don't get them, though. That's the thing. I don't get how, how duped they are. But anyway, but the denial that they're in, they don't get it that, see, well, it's also, now that I'm saying this, I'm thinking, 
out loud, but the it's also that they're racist too. I I understand that, and they, and it's true. They, um, they believe that they uh, that they deserve whatever whatever they get from uh, public assistance or whatever they get from government is fine because they earned it. It's that everybody else, it's the other who's taking advantage. And we know who that other is. But it's, uh, anyway, whatever, whatever, whatever. I just want to say thank you, Shadow Star Ace, for your super chat. See, that's how it works. We stick together, we win. I really appreciate it. And, uh, all right, what was I saying? Here, let's keep going. Where is it? Where is it? Okay, uh, a $15 minimum wage would more than double the current federal standard. We know that. The current national rate, seven twenty-five an hour. What a joke. Or about $15,000 a year before taxes for a full-time worker was set in 2009, and it was pathetic then. It was a joke then. It was an insult then. But that's, it's, a, it's indicative. It is an example, an illustration of how much the government, the representatives of this, of this broken-ass, this fake-ass democracy, real-ass oligarchy, don't respect the people they pretend to represent. Why don't they give the American people the same benefits that they give themselves? You know, they give themselves living wages and raises. They give themselves all kinds of benefits, retirement, health care for life. Sons of bitches. Well, according to this article... 21 states were using the federal minimum wage as of January this year, according to the Department of Labor, even though some, some states have adopted the $15 minimum wage on their own, like New York now has a $15 minimum wage. The U.S. minimum is less than half the living wage for a single adult, which $15.41 an hour or roughly $32,000 a year before tax according to the national data compiled by MIT. It's a third of what a family of four needs to live, but around $21.50 an hour per parent, or almost $90,000 a year combined, and the effects are compounded for single parents. People are not surviving on the minimum wage, says Amy Glassmere a professor of economic geography and regional planning at MIT, who created a database of regional living wages in 2004 and updates it annually. Let's look. Let's look. Well, let's look at West Virginia. Where the heck is it? Hmm, I can't find it. Where is West Virginia? Oh, here we go. Oh, there's too many, too many links. Living wage, blah, 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 whatever. I'll have to look at it later. Affording everyday items can be a challenge. For example, having a cell phone and broadband internet access. Exactly. This is another 
thing that if we were a functioning uh, society that worked for all, we would have broadband, like uh, like electricity. That's what has to happen. But, you know, we got conservatives everywhere. So affording everyday items can be a challenge. For example, having a cell phone, excuse me, tightly linked to one's ability to get and hold a job in the digital age costs about $120 a month, Glassmere said. And that's almost 10% of a low-wage earner's budget. Low-paid workers may need to work extra jobs to pay the bills, and that's why we get this whole gig economy bullshit and side hustle, side job, Instacart, DoorDash, all that, sh- all that shit. When you should, hey, uh, wouldn't people like to um, maybe play the guitar or hang out with their loved ones and? relax a little, sleep in one day. Not that's not of course the I'm as I'm saying this in my mind, I'm hearing um the likes of Ted Cruz or some of these other Republicans and uh um say how that's just not America. We're oh well Joe Scarborough, for example. I remember watching I went off on that we were, I was watching Morning Joe, and he was like, we're driven here. We don't have a month vacation here in the United States because we don't want it. We're driven here. This is what he was saying. Not that Joe Scarborough doesn't take his vacation, you know? He, of course he takes his goddamn vacation. He takes his days off, and Joe's not feeling well today, so he's not here. He gets his sick days and he gets to have his vacation and trust me, he'll he'll uh, retire in security one day while telling us we're driven here. Yeah, we're driven like borrowed mules. And I have to ask, how much longer are we going to take it? Is this it or not? It, it has to be now, you know, this is it. We won't have another chance if we don't get this this Joe Biden person and his administration, which has done, in my opinion, I mean, for example, he came out today forcefully and, and strongly, as very strongly, as Twitler would say, for unions. Great. That's fabulous. I I appreciate that. More of that, please. But also, let's get real. You're gonna you're gonna um this is it. This is the moment. It's now or never. This is the moment. It's not about pandering and uh to a parliamentarian or the republicans. Who cares? They're gonna whine. They're fascists. They're racists. They hate democracy. They, the only thing that they stand for now, the Republican Party, the, the only thing the Republican Party stands for is voter suppression. That's it. They are an anti-democratic death cult. They're a fascist, excuse me, a fascist anti-democratic death cult, and they're, they, they know it. We know it. 
Believe them. When people show you who they are, believe them. They're liars. And we'll get into that uh, later with the FBI, the, the hearings today. The liar, I mean, they want it so bad for to, to blame Antifa. For, there is no Antifa. I keep asking them, please, where do I send my dues? Where do I show up for the meetings? They should be, isn't there a Zoom meeting or something happening that I could go, go to? There's no effing Antifa. It's an idea. But that doesn't matter. That's how you know they don't have our best interests at heart because they don't give a shit. They don't care who actually attacked the Capitol because they attack it every single day. They can't... They want the the attacks. They love it. If it was just the Democrats at home when uh, the attack happened, they, they'd love it even more. If somebody got killed, oh well. If they had hanged Mike Pence, oh well. They'd still blame Antifa. Antifa, it's so sickening. That's how you know they're not... Why are we even pretending? We're going to compromise? We're going to compromise with that? With the anti-democratic fascist death cult that can't accept the truth, that is still spreading the big lie, seeding the ground for the next attack. It's, ha- it's going to happen. Trust me. Just like when all those pipe bombs were sent out to all the media organizations and Democratic uh, politicians and representatives, what did they do? The Republicans just went on their merry effing way. That's the kind of terrorism they inspire. They are. They are the problem. So you're going to pander to them? You're going to bipartisan to them? No, thank you. We have to save this country from them. But anyway, let's continue with this for a second. The, uh, in this article, Regional Differences is the heading on the rest of the essay. The current wage shortfall relative to the cost of living is generally greatest for workers in the South and Mideast. Mid mid east, Midwest. There, the cost of living tends to be lower, but so does the minimum pay. In these areas, a fifteen dollar minimum wage would have a bigger effect relative to closing the living wage gap. Data shows, like, like in West Virginia. How dare Joe Manchin? How does he walk down the street? In West Virginia. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Without, without constant harassment. What the hell is that noise? Tara Jr.? Tara! Oh, there he is. Tara Jr. is so cute. I think he's stressed out, though. Where's Ray? Ray Ray? Ray's there. Okay. He's stressed out. Tara Jr. is under a blanket over there. But I think he's hiding from Ray. I have a crick in my neck. I hope my neck isn't. I need to go to a chiropractor. I also need a haircut, but whatever. Okay. Uh, 
in these areas, a $15 minimum wage would have a bigger effect relative to closing the living wage gap, data shows. Of course, state averages mask variation at more micro levels. For example, it can cost less to live in suburban and rural areas than in cities, though there are exceptions. Workers in certain occupations and industries are often disadvantaged by regional variation in pay, she said. For example, food preparation jobs in rural areas pay much lower wages in those cities, creating larger shortfalls for such workers in rural areas versus cities. Even among metro areas, there are pronounced differences. In San Francisco and San Jose... California, for example, a family of four would need around $130, $130, $130,000 a year, about $31 an hour to afford the basics. In Jackson, Mississippi, it's closer to $79,000. That's closer to, what, that's actually $19 an hour. But... To say a $15 per hour minimum wage is the living wage just doesn't make sense, says Rachel Gresler, an economist at the Heritage Foundation, okay, a conservative think tank. In some places, it's actually not enough if you're talking about a wage to support a family. In other places, it might be an adequate wage. When it's not adequate, even in these, as we're reading, even in the lower wage or uh, cost of living states, it's still not enough. For example, the example they said here, Tennessee, Miss in Jackson, Mississippi, in Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee. Um, let's see. It says in order to afford the basic, you would need around $19 an hour. So it's still not enough. You're still on the balls of your ass. All right. Critics argue a national pay increase would lead businesses to cut jobs due to higher labor costs, potentially outweighing the benefits. Around 27 million Americans would get a pay increase by mid-decade, and 900000 would be lifted out of poverty due to the $15 minimum wage, according to the CBO. But there would also be 1.4 million fewer jobs because of the policy. Okay, we went over this before. Fewer low-wage, wage-slave jobs. But overall, the, 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 the benefit to the economy... And it would actually, we went through all the numbers. It would be, it's a net gain for the, uh, for everybody. So some jobs where people were being paid less than a, a living wage would go away. So that, that means there's other jobs. If everybody, you know, it doesn't, we went over this because this is, what the Republicans focus on, but they don't, they don't mention the rest, the, the entire CBO report said it would actually be a net benefit, a net gain in jobs, but, but some particular jobs would not be there anymore that paid less 
than a living wage. You talk about the poverty level jobs. Jesus Christ, but that's what we're worried about. Because we really, if you're a conservative, you really need to have millions in poverty. That's it. You need, as Rush Limbaugh said, some people are just born to be slaves. You need that. And if you don't have the low income, the, the, the poor, the working poor, how do you keep those who are a little higher on the ladder? You don't, how do you keep them in their place? Who could you scare them with? It's ridiculous. Who are you going to turn them against? Oh, God. It would also, let's see, where are we? It would boost the income for some but lose income for others. This is from the Heritage Foundation lady. However, some economists dispute the CBO. Uh, We believe that the CBO's assumptions on the scale of job loss are just wrong and inappropriately inflated relative to what cutting-edge economics would indicate says um, a left-leaning think tank, the Economic Policy Institute. One meta, meta-analysis authored by Adriandri, oh God help me, Dubay, an economist at the University of Massachusetts Amherst, found a job impact near zero when examining evidence of various minimum wage increases. Exactly. So that's the other thing that gets on my nerves, especially with jo- with Joe Manchin, is that his hesitation alone, his intransience, gives validity to the bullshit right-wing arguments that they don't have a leg to stand on. None of the Republican fears ever come to fruition, Ever. Why don't we start saying that? We, we say it here, but we'll, we know we are making progress when we hear our representatives start saying it. So don't give them any validity because they, they don't deserve it. And the fact is, if, if they were correct, if they came to us, the normal people of the country, and they said, you know giving all the money and power to the rich, to the one, the tippy-top 1%, that really does trickle down and create a, a, a free and fair democratic society that works for all. We would all be for it. We would advocate for it. Absolutely. But it doesn't. All it does is create the kiss-up, kick-down, serfs and lords society that that this country is, was founded as an antidote to oh god well another indica- well another good thing is that the higher wage would also significantly reduce government spending on programs to support low earners like food stamps and the earned income and child tax credits according to the EPI oh shit i did it again Oh, God. This is why I need a producer or something. Somebody become a patron or something so I can get somebody to do something in here. Oh, I wanted to play this 
this uh, video of Reverend Barber basically saying everything we're saying right here. Here we go. Of America, my God, it's past time for a move to Capernaum. It's time for a change when I see D.C. senators who are multi-millionaires, who we pay hundreds of thousands of dollars apiece and give health care to them free. Yep. And, and, and they don't, they just because they got elected and who swear to establish justice and promote the general welfare. And when I see them stand on the floor of a Senate and say poor and low-wage people don't need a raise, essential workers don't need it, and if they do need it, they only need a small one, in light of the fact that more than 140 million people, poor and low wealth, even before, before this pandemic, in light of the fact that we had 8 to 11 million people who were homeless before this pandemic, we had 14 million people who couldn't afford water before this pandemic pandemic. We've had 8 million people since March, between March and November, who fell below the poverty line in this pandemic. We had 20 million people collecting unemployment in January of this year in the midst of the, of, of the pandemic. And when I see them hide behind rules like a filibuster oh, yeah. that, was, was, that was first used after the Civil War to block changes to move this country further forward and has been used by the likes of Strom Thurmond and, 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 and has been used to block women's rights and labor rights. Or I see them hiding, hiding behind a reconciliation rule and a parliamentarian rule that are not even in the Constitution. Not one of them swore to uphold a parliamentarian's rule. Not one of them swore. The president didn't swear to do it. Right. The, the senators didn't swear to do it. And even when I see the president, I love him, preach his inaugural sermon from this very pulpit. But when I see him say he's going to listen to the parliamentarian rather than listen to the people, the poor people, the low-wage people who have kept this country alive, who have been the first to have to go to work and the first to get affected and the first to get sick and the first to go to the hospital and the first to die. And when I see the vice president, yes, she's my sister, but I know she can overrule the go. parliamentarian and she can force the senators to vote. But then people are saying, no, don't do that. I want to say, Sister Harris, you like Esther. You were born for such a time as this. And when we know that trillions have been given to the wealthiest 1.2 trillion didn't even go through the Congress. They just found a way to say, here, you can have an extra trillion and a half dollars. And billionaires have made nearly a trillion dollars in the midst of this pandemic. And when I see people who are dying from poverty and people, poor and low wealth workers, and are the last to get any help, but the first to suffer. And for over nine years, we haven't raised the minimum wage. It was seven to seven twenty-five. now, $2.13 for tip workers. And these politicians want to hold poor and low wealth people captive in poverty and play games. Republicans want to block many because many have never seen a wage hike they like. And That's Democrats right. run on one thing, and then when they get in office, too scared to run on what they said they were going to do, worried more about some kind of false notion of compromise. Don't you remember the three-fifths compromise kept us in trouble for 250 years, and we still haven't gotten over it? Fifteen minimum wage would lift forty-five percent of black workers out of poverty. 
62 million people could ultimately be impacted. We need to move. Mm. We need to move from here to where God wants us. There you go. Where God wants us to be. Absolutely. What side are we on here? What side are you on? What side are the Democrats on? What is this bullshit about this parliamentarian? And you tell me yet again, if the shoe was on the other foot, would the Republicans say, oh, I'm sorry, we have to let oh, um, President Obama fulfill his constitutionally proscribed duty to propose Supreme Court justices? Our hands are tied. No, they, if Hillary Clinton was elected, or, or let's say if she became the president because she did receive the most votes, if, um, and the Republicans already said, they had said at the time that if she was elected, that they wouldn't, they had no problem with keeping the Supreme Court as vacant as uh, the to go down to whatever, however many years it took, they would dig their heels in and block and stop and and stop the American people from, or stop the democracy, stop progress. So they already did it. So there are, it, it just seems to me that there are no rules when it comes to the damn Republicans, and you tell me what what it, what is the big effing deal, too, for the Democrats to just say I don't agree with the parliamentarian. That was a nice advisory, um, whatever the hell. It's an advisory role. I simply don't agree because we have you know, all of these other uh, constitutional scholars that disagree. That's exactly what the Republicans would do. You know it and I know it. They wouldn't acquiesce to something so important and pivotal. Some, uh, one of the uh, linchpins that got them elected, why people voted for them. They have, it's not they, it's not the Democrats have this shot. We, we have this one shot. It's uh, Otherwise it's over. We're watching um, a fascist death cult. Just believe them. When they show you who they are, believe them. So what do we do in response? We have to put pressure on these effing Democrats because it's not the Republicans blocking the $15 minimum wage. Yeah, you won't get a single Republican they don't give a shit. They're busy working on ensuring that people won't be able to vote. That's their agenda. You see, they are an anti-democratic death cult. So they're busy dismantling democracy. And so we better get busy ensuring that democracy prevails. And you do that by having a strong, economically powerful, economically vibrant working class majority where people have the power to say, hell no, Republicans, 
You want me to you 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 want me to go to whatever your war of choice? Hell no. Yeah, I'm not gonna work in these um unhumane working conditions. I'm not gonna work for your pittance. I have value. I'm not just a, a pawn or, or a sucker. According to The Guardian, David Sirota writes, Joe Biden says his hands are tied on the $15 minimum wage. That's not true. And I have to remind you again, I'm sorry, because every time I say this, it pisses me off because the $15 minimum wage is not even enough. It's like we have learned to be, um, to, to really, um, I, it's sort of like, how much do we hate ourselves? How much? It was like during the Obamacare debate, whatever the hell that was, when Obama said, if you like your insurance, you can keep it. And I, get, I think that have people they after everything passed and it sucked because they took out the only thing that wouldn't have sucked the public option the medicare for all type um guarantee that would actually make a functioning health system then but the republicans would all you know they fan out on their uh propaganda outlets and whine about how oh, he said if I liked it, I could keep it. And then all over media, the the, the filthy fascist representative, you know, the Ted Cruz types uh, would say, well, he said that if you liked it, you could keep it. So I, I really believe that the, but Obama, he couldn't imagine just how much the Republicans and, well, and the American people in general hate themselves. Because how much do you have to hate yourself to like your, your, uh, your health insurance? I like my health insurance that kicks me off when I get sick. And that I like those bills I get, those uh, in-network, out-of-network provisions. And I like not being able to um, get prescriptions or have hospitalization. I like it. Obama said if I, I liked it, I could keep it. So I, he, I really thought at the time, I was like, well, who the hell would like it? How much do you have to hate yourself to... To like that. It's like you learn to like... They, they have so programmed your, uh, your serfdom into you. So it's like, how much do we have to hate ourselves to be like, oh, um, pretty please, we, can, we get our, can we get a little bit of that profit that our labor makes possible in the first place? You know, that $1.5 trillion that you, the 600 people got? Can we get a little bit of that that makes our goddamn country roll, that makes the goddamn world go, turn around or go around? Can we get a little bit of that? Does Maybe um, Jeff Bezos, he doesn't, he, he doesn't have to go to Mars. Maybe he can go to Venus. Or just go to the moon. 
maybe we can uh, here down on earth we can um we can have some have some uh some life here while Jeff Bezos goes uh, goes to the moon well David Sirota writes when a republican is president well he says republican but Democratic politicians, pundits, and activists will tell you that the presidency is an all-powerful office that can do anything it wants. When a Democrat is president, these same politicians, pundits, and activists will tell you that the presidency has no power to do anything. Ain't it the truth? In fact, they will tell you a Democratic president cannot even use the bully pulpit and other forms of pressure to try and shift the votes of senators in his own party. A tale from history proves this latter myth is, a complete, is complete garbage, and that tale is newly relevant in today's supercharged debate over the $15 minimum wage. Wait a minute. Let me lower that a little. That's just my time cues. And it gives me a chance to drink some coffee. Not that I haven't had, like, this is only my 15th cup today, so. Um, yes, 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 yeah. A tale from history proves this latter myth is complete garbage. And that tale is newly relevant in today's supercharged debate over the $15 minimum wage. In that debate so far, we've seen Democratic senators prepare to surrender the $15 wage, minimum wage their party promised, by insisting they are powerless in the face of a non-binding advisory opinion of a parliamentarian they can either ignore or fire. Okay? And uh, David Sorota puts uh, links to ignore and fire giving historical re references and uh, it's not like who cares exactly who cares if they ignore the parliamentary will anybody give a shit who will care oh the republicans will whine and cry and go on their fascist freak shows to say the Democrats are, are mean and they're not playing fair, you see? And um, Joe Biden, um, well, he is the president. Did he win? I don't know. Um, let's make sure that people can vote. Who cares what they say? They suck. They're fascists. They're Nazis. Okay? What side are you on? Here comes Tara Jr. Honey, where you going? Where you going, Junior? You okay? Come here, Junior. Come here, honey. Come here, boo-boo. Come here, boo-boo. Look at Tara Jr., though. He just woke up. All right, grumpy. <laughs> he just woke up. He's a baby. He's just a baby. All right. Goodbye. Take a walk. Take a walk, buddy. You're bothering me. All right. Here we go. 
David Sirota writes that about the parliamentarian, that explanation is patently ridiculous and factually false. So Democratic apologists are starting to further justify the surrender by suggesting that even if the party kept the $15 minimum wage in the COVID relief bill, conservative Democrats such as Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema, two names I could do without hearing for the rest of my life, would block it anyway. The White House itself is now falling back on the idea that it doesn't have the votes to do much of anything, insinuating that Joe Biden, who occupies the world's most powerful office, somehow has no power to change the legislative dynamic. And, spin, and this spin is being predictably amplified across social media. To be sure... There is no guarantee that Manchin and Cinema could be moved. Maybe they couldn't, but maybe they could, considering how they both have previously supported bills to increase the minimum wage, and we know they may be sensitive to pressure. After all, Manchin recently freaked out and whined that no one called me when Vice President Kamala Harris dared to do one straightforward interview with a West Virginia television station. Whether such pressure ultimately works, the point is indisputable. It is laughable and preposterous to argue that a newly elected president has zero power to shift the dynamic. And yet, whether you call this all deliberate deception or learned helplessness, this fantastical myth of the powerless president will inevitably use, be used to shield Biden from criticism for abandoning his pledge to fight for the $15 minimum wage. And there goes my light. What the hell? Uh, the apologism is particularly absurd because unlike his unlikely, um, excuse me, because unlike his predecessor, Barack Obama, who was a relative newcomer to politics, considering Biden's major selling point, this is another thing I was thinking, I wish I had said yesterday on, on uh, Brad, uh, shit, on Brad Bannon's show. I, I just bought this light, and it's fucking flickering. Everything is a, everything sucks, why? Biden's major selling point was that he knows how to make government work. The guy explicitly pitched himself as the best Democratic presidential candidate by suggesting that in the era of gridlock, he knows how to make the Democratic agenda reality a reality and to get things done. All right. How many times have you heard that? Getting things done. What are we getting done? Oh, we can get uh, Neera Tandon, except she recused herself. We can get, what are we getting done? Oh, and now they're hanging the rest of the COVID relief package saying, well, don't you want to have your unemployment benefits extended until uh, this is what they do to us? They have us so goddamn beaten down. They, they, this is literally fighting over the crumbs. How many crumbs? Are they, well, they going to hold back this major 
crumb that we need. We need to survive, not just literally and figuratively. We need it for the survival of the nation, of the entire system, of the goddamn grand experiment. Okay. That's where LBJ himself comes in to destroy the narrative that Democratic presidents in general, and Biden specifically, are inherently helpless. In 1964, Johnson was trying to pass Medicare, but two conservative Democratic senators threatened to take down the entire legislation over a tax issue. In a story flagged by economist Stephanie Kelton in the New York Times noted that months before the legislation passed, opponents proposed a large and popular increase in Social Security benefits. Where the hell? Hold on. And taxes, which would have made passage of new Medicare taxes almost impossible. At the last minute, Senators George Smathers of Florida and Russell Long of Louisiana, both Democrats but Medicare opponents, switched and voted to save Medicare. Lyndon told me to, Senator Smathers explained. The pivotal story was recounted in more detail in The Heart of Power by Harvard University's David Blumenthal a former Obama administration official, and Brown University's James Monroe. They noted that presidents can play a particularly unique role in these situations, and they warn against presidents who refuse to leverage their offices to push their agendas. Johnson knew there was an indispensable role that only... What the fuck is going on here? Hold on. I'm reading this thing, and it keeps popping all over the damn... It's like going up and going down. It just won't stay still. I don't know why. It's like there's a ghost. Is that grandma? Maybe grandma's here. I think grandma's come already to take me into the light. That'll be, that'll be nice. Johnson knew there was an indispensable role that only he can play. He could best publicize the idea, build support, jawbone interest groups in, into line, and organize and lobby the Congressional Coalition. When reporters asked Senator Smathers why he had switched his vote and salvaged the administration's Medicare proposal, he responded simply, Lyndon told me to. Presidents win complicated reforms by doing what the office of the presidency is uniquely designed for, publicizing and persuading. There is, of course, a danger at the other extreme that the disengaged, uh, uh, that of the disengaged executive. The president chooses his, anal- his, his analysts, gives them directions, and decides, excuse me, what's wrong with me? And decides when the debate is over. The staff always knows when the boss has lost interest, and the issue, no matter how well staffed, is probably doomed. So, this is, uh, that's from that, the book that uh, David Sorota was referencing The Heart of Power. There's been a lot of dishonesty. Wait, hold on. Let me lower this a little bit. Bam, ba, ba, bang, bang, bing, ba, dum, boom. That means there's about how many minutes left? I'm trying to keep the show around the two hour mark. So there's about 
30-something minutes left. We'll see in the in the ballpark. Okay, there's been a lot of dishonesty and deception floating around Democratic Washington these days. There was the lie two months ago that $2,000 checks would be coming immediately to a desperate nation struggling through a pandemic. Then there's a lie about the parliamentarian supposedly being the reason the $15 minimum wage was, is stalled. There is, once again, the lie of the forthcoming public option, which Democrats promised, but which is barely being discussed at all. And it's not part of the COVID relief legislation. Why not? Why not? Why the fuck not? Why doesn't Joe Biden... They can only do, apparently, uh, reconciliation twice in a year or something. I have to... I have to double check my work on that one. So, or in a term, is it? No, it can't be. Let me see. Only do reconciliation twice. I know it's twice in. Mm -hmm. Let me see. Reconciliation was created through the Congressional Budget Act of 74. It's because of Nixon, ultimately. A Watergate-era law that sought to rationalize the process by which Congress set the federal budget. Okay. Creating a process for reconciling the tax code. Reconciliation makes passing legislation easier than a normally well they passed the friggin bush tax cuts under reconciliation they passed the the gop twitler's tax scam under reconciliation but we can't get medicare for all and living not even living wages under reconciliation because of a effing parliamentarian give me an effing break this is why people don't vote for Democrats. You get it? Because we want people to fight for us, no matter what. Even the, there's a lot of dum-dums in this country. We understand that. But the thing about the Republicans, they know, they know how to put up the appearance, at least, that they're fighting. They don't take any prisoners, these fuckers, and they're destroying the country, literally. I mean, 500 effing thousand Americans are dead because of these scumbags. And we're, what, worried about Joe Manchin? Let Joe Manchin get elected as the, as the president. Let him do that. Except he couldn't, because he sucks. But we all have to pander to Joe Manchin, Kirsten, Kristen Cinema, and the parliamentarian. My ass. Oh, hi, Terry Jr. Jr. Come on. I need you. Come on. Come on, kid. Get up here. <sighs> Good boy. There you are. Ladies and gentlemen, Terry Jr. Jr. <laughs> Look at this cat. 
Look at this cat, everybody. Why am I talking like that? I don't know. I always do when I talk to the cat. I say, you're so good. He's a good boy. I love this cat. I love him. Me, the cat, and Ted Cruz in a boat. Somebody's going over. You know who it would, be, who it would have to be? Not Tara Jr. Jr. Not any cat. Or any animal, any other entity. No, 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 no. Okay, so the reason I'm going on about, on about the $15 minimum wage, even though it's not even a living wage, is all of that. It's enough. These Democrats, this is bullshit. This is utter and absolute inexcusable bullshit. And everything that we warned about, about uh, when it came to these corporate goddamn Dems, and it's also, I mean, they are part of the problem. This is why we're in this boat in general. Why? It's not just Reaganomics. It's Clintonomics. This is why I, my entire life was spent watching the middle class go fall lower and lower on the ladder and the working class become the working poor. Much to my frustration, watching this happen and listening to Democrats, what? Make excuses. Oh, they don't have to worry. This is another thing that pisses me off to no end. They're fine. They got good health care. They got, they got living wages. But what kind of country do they want to live in? Clearly, we're getting the answer. Clearly, Joe Manchin wants to live in a in a in a state that has an incredibly high poverty rate, and the people of his state, I guess, they're cool with that too. Oh God! But where was I? Fighting our guts out or preemptive surrender? If this lie about a powerless president seems familiar, it's because it was trotted out during the last Democratic presidency when Barack Obama refused to lift a finger to pressure similarly conservative Democratic senators to support the wildly popular public insurance option. And remember the union card check initiative? He explicitly promised. He had enormous congressional majorities and a huge election mandate, but didn't bother to go to Democratic states to build Democratic voter pressure against a recalcitrant Democratic senators. On the contrary, Obama's chief of staff berated progressives, remember, trying to pressure conservative Democrats over health care reform, and Obama simply surrendered. Meanwhile, obsequious liberal pundits scoffed at the so-called Green Lantern theory, mocking those who suggested that the most powerful man on earth has any power to influence elected officials in his own party. Obama is still pretending that he couldn't do anything. Ridiculous. 
Now we see this same powerless president narrative as the minimum wage in the minimum wage fight. And if you look closely, the Biden administration is all but admitting it's a lie. After all, the White House continues to say it's fighting our guts out. Okay, this is before this evening. For nearer Tandon's nomination, even though it might not have enough Senate votes for her confirmation. And yet, at the same time, the same White House is simultaneously retreating on the minimum wage, seemingly w- unwilling to force a floor vote on the issue, even though, even though presidential pressure, legislative brinksmanship, and negotiation could change the outcome. In the near attendant situation, in fact, the Biden team is acting like a White House's power of persuasion and legislative arm twisting can potentially move votes for something the president cares about. In this case, the nomination of a Washington insider to a fancy White House gig. The story, the real story, then, is that Biden seems unwilling to use the same influence to push as hard as possible for a minimum wage increase that could boost the pay of millions of Americans during an economic emergency. He has the power to at least try, but he seems just unwilling to do so. Isn't that disgusting? Now, I'm I'm beyond disgusted by it, and it feels, um, I guess, as being a Democrat. I don't know. Am I a Democrat? I guess I'm a registered Democrat, but it's like it's always painful to be stabbed in the back by these fuckers. And to and it's also annoying and frustrating and completely is why I say to grandma, why the hell did you ever leave Ireland? Uh, because I, you could see the end of the story. I can. Everything is cause and effect. We see the end of the story. If we don't do what needs to get done, this is, it's also, it's about lifting people out of poverty. Of course it is. It's also about saving democracy from these fascist fucks that want to destroy it. Oh, God. Who's leaving? Somebody's leaving. Play Dave is going. Good night, Play Dave. Have a good night. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you soon. Be safe. Right, Tara Jr. Jr.? All right, what was I saying? Yeah, uh, speaking of, here, the other thing I want to talk about, let's see. Not just the 15... Well, we will revisit the $15 minimum wage. (laughs) Uh, Of course... God. But also, today, oh shit, what the hell? Something fucking happened on Rockfin. Is this damn thing working? Help me, Lord. Don't even tell me. It's not working? 
Hold on a second. Everything's fucked up. Oh, okay. Something happened. I bought this light, and it's not working properly. All right, Tara Jr., I got to put you back. Look at him. He's a good boy. You sit here. Okay, honey? You sit there, okay? I need the keyboard. All right, so knowing all of how Republicans are, are the enemies of the people, if you watched any of the hearing today for the with the FBI director, it's just another case in point. Throughout the hearing, so the hearing, okay, let me see. There was a hearing today. Let me just give the background for people who didn't see it or hear about it, where FBI Director Ray, okay, here's from the Washington Post. Two months ago, supporters of Donald Trump stormed the U.S. Capitol in an attempt to overturn the 2020 election. Ever since then, Trump allies have sought in multiple ways without real evidence to call into question the idea that these rioters were truly inspired by Trump or acting on his behalf. They've suggested that the rioters were prov provocateurs. They really think that we have a, a lot of time on our hands, I suppose, in between our three uniquely American low-paying jobs and never retiring. Or uh, They really believe that we, we can muster thousands of uh, fake Trump supporters. Please to storm the Capitol and, and to make Donald Trump look bad, to make Republicans look bad and their supporters. Yeah, have, you, have any of, have, have uh, they met Trump and his supporters? They look bad on their own. They suck. They look pretty goddamn bad. They're morons, they're ugly, they're evil, they're racist, they're liars, they're incels, they're freaks, they're, they're fascists, they're dupes, they're not funny, they can't spell, they suck, they suck literally and uh, figuratively, they, they certainly suck the life out of this country. So, yeah, we don't really have to make them look bad. They already look bad. So, according to Aaron Blake from the Washington Post, he writes, Those, the narratives pointing the finger away from Trump suffered significant blows today, even as the Republicans continued to try to muddy the waters and plant the seeds of doubt. FBI Director Christopher Wray testified repeatedly to the Senate Judiciary Committee that there was no evidence that Antifa, anarchists, or provocateurs who didn't support Trump were involved in the Capitol siege. Do you believe these fuckers? They know that. They just want to put on a show for the dupes, for the Fox News morons and the uh, OAN idiots. That's it to continue the big lie because 
ultimately, their only agenda is the destruction of democracy, period, for their oligarchic friends. I mean, that's ultimately the ultimate agenda. I mean, that's the destroying democracy is the means to the end of concentrating wealth and power into the hands of the few. That's it. Same old shit. The same old reason the founders rebelled against the intergenerational aristocracy and monarchy that had ruled Western civilization for thousands of years. So we're back. They're rolling back the Gilded Age, the Progressive Era. We're going straight back past the American Revolution to the Dark Ages. That's their agenda. FBI Director Ray testified repeatedly that there was no evidence of Antifa, blah, blah, blah. We have not, to date, seen any evidence of anarchist, violent extremists, or people subscribing to Antifa in connection with the 6th, Ray said. Asked at another point whether the people involved were fake Trump supporters. Please. Oh, my God. Ray said flatly, we have not seen evidence of that. Again, we have not seen any evidence of that. That's pretty significant, given that about 280 people so far have been arrested, which is nearly not enough, please. There were 280 people in, in like one clip of morons, whereas they surrounded the entire capital. There were thousands of assholes there traitors oh and the other thing that somebody said i heard somewhere i can't remember but they were saying it's not we're not brainwashed it was all during the cpac this uh freak show cpac and uh, they were saying you can't brainwash 78 million people yes you can you can't brainwash 78 million people have they let me introduce you to nazi germany you can brainwash an entire country. You could brainwash a bunch of morons. Yeah, you can. Clearly. Jesus Christ. Everything is a lie, too. I'm just looking at the Washington Post here. I saw this again. Trump falsely claims that he requested 10,000 National Guard troops that were rejected by Nancy Pelosi. This is the narrative that the fucking, I'm sorry, it's late, um, filthy fascists, Republicans, are, are going with. It's, of course, the party of personal responsibility will never take responsibility for the, the, the insurrection because that's the point. They like it. They want more of it, more terrorism, more less democracy. So who can we blame? Nancy Pelosi. Let's blame one of the people that, had, that would have been killed by the mob, by the Trump mob. So back to the hearing. Even as he was saying these things, though, even as there are, there's real work to be done drilling down on January 6th, Republicans sought to refocus the hearing and question the idea that these people were inspired by Trump or his bogus claims of voter fraud. The committee's ranking Republican, Senator Chuck Grassley, that 
that skeleton. Skeleton? See, now everybody's Republican, skeleton. Skeletor? It's more like a skeletor. I, when I watched Chuck Grassley, I was like, that, is that man alive? I'm not trying to be ageist or anything, but my fucking light is blinking at me. And I, I'm looking at Chuck Grassley, and I'm like, buddy, time to retire. Jesus. Chuck Grassley. Ridiculous. Where is it? Hold on. Holy shit. Proud Boys, we have individuals who associate. Let me show you something. Hold on. Let's go here and here. Uh, If you go on to the, on C-SPAN, here's the hearing from C-SPAN. fuck is going on people are like so annoying i have a neighbor every time i get a fucking package i guess that's nice but she's constant oh man what are you the fucking post office you got a package it's like okay i'll go get it i'm in the middle of a show you got a package marked heavy Okay. Why don't you bring it up? I'm in a cranky. I'm cranky now. Okay. You got a package. Oh, thanks. She's only doing it because she's probably annoyed at it. You know what I mean? Like, I'll go get your package. It's in the lobby or something. or It's bothering me. I don't know. Maybe she's trying to be nice. I doubt it. I don't know. She's a nice person. But anyway, all right. I'm in the middle of a show. Not that she knows. Who cares, right? She's not a patron or anything, so how would she know? You got a package. It's marked heavy. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's the cat's food. I don't know. Maybe it's a bomb that somebody sent me. And I'd be probably be good. If I survive, it'll be good for the show. Who's on MSNBC now? Again. Somebody on the chat. Who said? If it's Amy Klobuchar, I'm going to vomit. You got a package. Come get your package. Shut up. I come get it when I'm good and ready. She needs to be a patron. That's the truth, Shadow Star Ace. Package downstairs. You got a package. Shut up. <laughs> Maybe she thinks she's being nice. Oh, yes, it's Klobuchar. Shut that Klobuchar's face. I'm so sick of her. All of these Klobuchars and mansions, they get on every stupid channel all the time. Oh, she's a moderate. What does that mean? 
Um, yeah, we're only in an existential crisis for democracy. I'm a moderate. I think that I, I'm like, if this was the 1800s, I think that the three-fifths compromise is a really nice bipartisan compromise. We're always trying to find middle ground with um, racists and fascists. And and I thought the three-fifths compromise, it was a really nice middle ground. See, you have some people think that people with darker pigment aren't human. Others think that they are human to a, to a point. So... Me, Amy Klobuchar of eighteen of the eighteen sixties, I or whatever. What year was that? Three fifths. Con- what year are we in? Let's see. Tara Junior, you're not helping. Look at this cat. It's like I can't do the uh, do the show with the cat on a keyboard. The, but the Amy Klobuchar type, even though she wouldn't be able to vote at that time, would be all for it. It's a compromise. We had to find, you know, the middle ground when it came. Oh, 1787. The Amy Klobuchar's of eight, of 1787. They were all. They thought that three fifths compromise. Well, what else are you gonna do? You you gotta be bipartisan. Jesus Christ. All right, so let me see. You got a package. Oh, uh, 10 o'clock. You got a package downstairs. Okay. Well, what if I'm in fucking bed? Yeah, I'll be right down. Let me get my... Wait, what time is it? Uh, let me go get my package. Shut up. Why don't you take it? Take it. It's a gift. My package is a gift to you. Marked heavy. Well, maybe I don't give a shit right now. Okay? What about that? Why are you bothering me? At 10 o'clock at night. About a package. Again. It's not the first time, that's why. Another time it was like 11 o'clock. You got a package down here. Shut the up <laughs> oh and except i said oh thank you i'm gonna go get it now i'm gonna get out of bed at 11 and go get my package because it's bothering you anyway <laughs> package here okay all you got to do is, is go on to c-span and search antifa and you you won't really want to vomit all of these, look, here, here. In the middle of um, this hearing on the, ja- on the January 6th attack, here's all the Republicans, here. Here's so Lindsey. Ha- again, as with Proud Boys, we have Lindsey Graham, Miss, Miss themselves with He's like, terrorist okay. Organization. Well, let's let uh, on Proud Boys itself as a domestic terrorism group, but we certainly have individuals. What does it take to make the list? 
Well, there is, uh, uh, as you may know, uh, Senator, uh, under federal law, under U.S. law, there is no uh, list of domestic terrorism organizations the same way there is for foreign terrorist organizations. Well, let's, let's th think about that in the next 47 seconds. <clears throat> Oath Keepers, are, are they a domestic terrorist organization? We ha again, as with Proud Boys, we have individuals who okay. associate themselves with that Was group Antifa who are domestic a terrorist. domestic terrorist organization? Oh. Same thing, same answer? Same answer. So why it's don't not we think a about fucking organization, you fucker! <sighs> you know, this is the thing. If I wanted to go to be a, pr I would never, of course, you know, a Proud Boy. You could go find the fucking Proud Boys. They have a goddamn uniform. There's a website. You, they got meetings. You don't have, there's no Antifa, you scums. You, you silly, silly Republican scumbags. You're, it's, it is the modern update. Oh, thank you, Tara Jr. for dropping the keyboard. That's okay. That's okay. Got a package. Um, it's the update of the eternal Jew. That's what it is. It's like this ubiquitous threat, nameless. It's the it's the kami. Like in Nazi Germany, everything was. It's anything that happened. It was the commies slash Jews whose kami was interchangeable with Jew. It's the same shit. These fascists never change. Here's any ideology? Uh, we have not to date seen any evidence of, uh, of anarchist violent extremists or, or people subscribing to Antifa uh, in connection with the 6th. That doesn't mean we're not looking and we'll continue to look, but at the moment we have not seen that. So what, what you do is you uh, look oh at my God. somebody along the yeah. You look at where the crime yeah. was and who committed it, yeah. and you go after that. Not yeah. from some kind of political vendetta, but yeah. you committed the crime. A political vendetta. Not like you. Uh, too simplistic a way of, of stating it. No, no, not simplistic at all. And, and I think uh, a very, very important point that you're making there and something that's very important to us at the FBI. Oh, God. We then he has to the sit there and, the and listen the to these freaks. Uh, and then the ideology comes into it as a, uh, a further piece of the puzzle as we build out the case. What ideology? Uh, but our focus is on the violence. We don't care what ideology motivates somebody, as Judge Garland, I think, himself said. Yeah, uh, why should you care, week, Republicans? Because right, you have an agenda. Or any other way, if the you ideology fucking monsters. violence and it violates federal law, we're coming after it. Well, I, I uh, but that doesn't fit in with our big lie narrative. Higher on that and others for a, a classified briefing. And yeah. so we're going to some of the classified parts. I well, want to uh, talk to you. What about Antifa? Chair of that committee, very interested in resources. Yeah. Um, you got a finite Can, number uh, of resources. You got anything that I could do? Say to scared the fucking so dudes who vote for me? Prioritize them. Um, I'd heard reports that the previous administration diverted FBI resources away from countering. Well, what about what? I don't even know what I'm saying. I think I wet myself. Left wing violence. 
left-wing uh, violence is worse, isn't it? Resources, uh, we, it's so bad. Uh, we did not uh, receive direction to, nor did we. Uh, they never. Uh, or, or uh, are you sure they never stormed the Capitol? Violent extremism, white uh, over. I mean, left-wing violence is like. Uh, as I've it's said, the worst. I elevated racially motivated it's the worst kind of violence. The vast majority of which is of what you would call white supremacist. It's not even, uh, it's uh, like 10 levels above where it has stayed. And that any kind of violence, that it would be on the left for all of our field offices. Right, uh, Antifa. And I think the results speak for themselves. BLM We've significantly grown the number of investigations and you know, BLM. We all believe. Uh, in uh, about racial equality, by the end of last and, year, and it's, it's about terrible now. It's what happened to George Floyd. Pace when I started this job. But BLM is uh, well, and, and is a terrorist, do, isn't uh, it? Go, go where the crimes are and go after it. Yeah, uh, go after the crimes. The you can't just see. This is why I make the, the big uh, bucks. In terms of the hate crimes against Asian Americans, I was. Uh, the lead I was only a young boy when I put my first Asian in an now, internment camp. See the, the but that was done under a left-wing president. So law enforcement aren't I also a terrorist? Hate crime data Except zero I'm not Antifa. So who am I? <laughs> Do you what? Think Where am I? Well, uh, certainly we are constantly trying to improve the quality uh, and quantity of, of reporting um, on of hate, hate hating left-wingers. Hate crimes are underreported. Uh, having said that, um, it's not necessarily the case that every department is out there in the country is going to have had a hate crime in its jurisdiction in the course of any given year. What about so, Antifa, uh, we though? Focus a little bit less on whether you're not, not talking about Antifa. We do want the, the percentage of departments who are Wait cooperating and voluntarily responding. You're just saying lots of words, but none of them are Antifa. The, uh, the growth in the number of hate crimes reported overall. Can you stop uh, talking and say Antifa? Well, certainly, I have other questions for the record. What do you think about you Antifa? Before about a fusion cell. <laughs> Could we get back to Antifa? Hate crimes and domestic terrorism. Has that been helpful? Has it Antifa has, uh, ever been helpful? To is something that I put in place to our right-wing agenda. Years ago, I created of a domestic distraction. Hate crimes fusion oh wait, I wasn't supposed to say that out loud. Let's remove that from the record. Terrorism bucket or a hate crimes bucket, and what I was worried about was making sure that within the FBI we, we have a lot of buckets right here problem. in the house uh, so because we're focusing on the people's house, and we heard they like buckets. Trying to be proactive. Uh, Wait. Uh, against some of the threats that are coming. And in, uh, one example that I'll cite that we're particularly pleased with, which I think is a, an indication of the success. I kissed of a cat having, and I liked it. Uh, we were able to get in front of and prevent uh, an attempted uh, um, Antifa? attack on a synagogue oh. in oh, Colorado. Oh, explosive. Uh, and uh, that, I think, is largely a, a credit to... Credit the, to uh, Antifa? Cell, which are you on? Whose side are you on? ...in front of those kinds of attacks. Thank you, Senator Leahy. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. Now I'm going to take uh, thank a nap. You, uh, Director Ray, I'm going to try to look forward. Hopefully to not a dirt nap. January the 6th. Uh, 
Do you think the National Guard presence at the Capitol oh, level would here we go. continue? Miss, Miss so, Lindsay, we want to take off all of those barbed wires know, and Senator, shit sure that's that keeping really out all the violent right-wingers. Okay, um, fair enough, fair enough. Um, fair enough, uh, fair enough. See, I'm fair. About the capability of the FBI. Um, I've been fair once. Resources to deal with all the threats we've been talking about this morning. Even the <laughs> anti, especially well, the antifas. Uh, to say, Senator, I, I welcome and appreciate the question. Um, everywhere I go, someone has. Uh, someone says antifa to me. I think the FBI should be doing more of. What the fuck uh, is wrong with me? I have not found very many people with great ideas, out. or at least responsible ideas, really of nuts. things the FBI could be doing less of, and so. Our folks are, are busting you their you-know-whats yeah, to try to deal with all these threats. Uh, we we need more agents. We need more analysts. We, we need, need more, more Antifa. You got Antifa? You got enough for Antifa? We got a lot of money for you. As much as we can from January the 6th. This is the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Are you concerned are you about concerned international terrorists Antifa? visit? Uh, absolutely. Didn't do 9-11 and they were just the waiting, between using that as an inspiration? That's a growing phenomenon, certainly something we're watching with concern. One of my great concerns was that as people float into the Capitol with backpacks on, you had no idea who, who they were and what they were carrying. <laughs> so it had been very easy for some international terrorist group to infiltrate. Yeah, wouldn't that be easy, Lindsay? I do think Thanks it for giving them for the idea. Uh, no, the, I don't know that we've seen evidence that it did happen, but that's certainly one of the specific things we're looking for. <gasps> look at Lindsay attack, pretending to care. We're seeing this is a vulnerability in our system. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear the uh, international terrorist. International. Let's get. Let's get take all this focus off of the domestic terrorists domestic such as Antifa. Well, certainly, but we not like black. I mean, not like uh, Boogaloo boys an to a or Trump and United. Um, uh, extremists so, out there. And get a, and let's may, pretend we care about so international terrorism. Pen to paper. We don't and, care about international anything as long as Trump is. What do you is need the president you by hook or by in terms crook? Of agents and resources, and put it to paper. I'm on the Look at me! I'm pretending to be a, a real senator here. I think we've got an opportunity here to look at us. Is it fair to say that since 9/11, domestic terrorism has exploded as a threat? Oh my God! Well, it's certainly grown dramatically. Okay, uh, drone. Uh, grown dramatically, which takes resources to combat. This, I can't, that how does he sit yes. there? Has the FBI drawn, uh, grown? We have to listen to these you, fucking is idiots. Is the FBI tracking? Oh look! Extremist groups like Antifa <laughs> or other radicals. This is another. Bl no, there are no radicals on the right. The we must get back to Antifa. Has taken place, and we know. Operation oh Legend wound down and wound down. January. So how I got a call. Hold on. What? I got a package. Law enforcement in these cities where you have. Oh my God! He's probably sitting there like, "Why do I have to listen to these fucking losers?" Well, Senator, I appreciate the question. I think uh, you've touched on two Antifa. Uh, very, very important. But you said the word topics. Antifa, um, so and now we all have to drink. The, the violence uh, on our streets in a lot of our major cities, including Memphis, that, uh, that Operation Legend was designed to address. And the other is the violence that's occurring amidst uh, protests oh where uh, otherwise peaceful protests are hijacked. Have you been by looking at Antifa? In, in violent 
criminal behavior. That's what I asked. Um, so on the first... Antifa uh, or other radicals, and you could put in the right-wingers there the if you operation want. Legend side, if I can just use that as a shorthand. Oh, my God. Uh, we this do think that was a bastard. successful operation, but it was by its very nature finite we got in duration. Antifa. Anybody got Antifa? Then, Any more Antifa uh, questions? trying to uh, work with our Safe Streets task Can I say, and how many times uh, can you say Antifa of, in of one sentence and still and look like you're and serious? And to try to bring a strategic intelligence-driven approach to the violent crime problem. What I have found, and Which I've talked with... Which is pretty hard to do when you have a bunch of clowns states, sitting in front of you. Um, is that each Who the city fuck is has ringing the doorbell? Idiosyncrasies. There may be certain common trends, but ultimately there's usually Ulti some ultimately kind of Antifa, right? In the dog right? Right? Contributing disproportionately to the violent crime problem in that but community. That's and not, if everybody you can didn't be working answer, together in intelligence driven you're way, not saying Antifa. Prioritize the impact uh, and dismantle the what? enterprise as you're dismantling to just, Antifa. You're pushing the problem around. What? Okay, let me wait, 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 wait. Not to cut you off. Sure. Not to cut you off, but there, you never said Antifa. You're correct. There are different sets of issues of Antifas around the different. Where the fuck um, is this uh, disembodied voice coming from? That. And I appreciate it's like grandma in the middle of the night saying, come is, into the light. Uh, but she doesn't have she talks like an I, she got an Irish bro, not this in Portland with the fire. Well, she don't sound like this moron. How here. did the FBI and federal and local law enforcement agencies attempt Deal to track down those that were responsible Antifa. for it? Was this an extremist Antifa. group or group? Or was it Antifa? Or was it individuals like a lone actor? <laughs> like a lone actor? Yeah, were they, wasn't or, it just and like 5,000 lone actors on the January actor. 6th? Um, separately, at some point, I would like to... I don't think a, it was any a, organization there at all for being inspired by any big lie. It was one, groups. it was about... It was 5,000 rugged individualists acting alone. The Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, <laughs> where they're just really... In, uh, in an autonomous zone. I heard that in an elevator once and, when there were a uh, couple of Democrats talking. And I liked so it. How are you tracking these... How are you tracking all of these rugged individuals? Who are occupy, occupying... Occupy Wall Street, like, for example. What type? Work what type? What type? Help protect communities I mean, from this. Antifa. So sure. Uh, so that's the second topic of the two that Can we, we say Antifa? So, uh, Hello. We do have a number of uh, domestic uh, terrorism investigations. You got we Antifa. Call them anarchist violent extremism investigations uh, oh into God. individuals. Anyway. Uh, some of the most dangerous individuals oh. involved in some of the conduct, <laughs> uh, in particular, over the summer. Help uh, me. We are looking at everything from tax From Antifa to Antifa, right? You're taking uh, it from A to A. Charges A to B. Uh, from Antifa to Black Lives Matter. Uh, Although we all agree, nobody disagrees. Uh, we, we all say it was terrible what happened to that Mr. George Floyd. Um, we say that should never, ever, ever happen, but Black Lives Matter is a terrorist movement. Uh, 
when the it's terror the of expecting equal rights, uh, as was true, How, the you're terrorizing the entire South. True, obviously, with the Capitol on the sixth. The entire white uh, South. But when it comes to uh, we're all terrorized. I mean, Black Lives charges, Matter is a uh, terrorist movement, right? Where we work closely with and support Antifa, Antifa, and Black uh, Lives Matter. This charges. is terrorism. So we are uh, continuing to move economic justice, ahead. social uh, justice. One man's social justice is another man's terrorism. Uh, and we're going to keep at it. Thank you, Antifa. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. <laughs> thank you for saying Antifa. Thank you, Senator Blackburn. Uh, as we conclude the hearing in the uh, area of shameless self-promotion, oh. I'm not going to send you a QFR, but I'd like to send you a copy of my domestic terrorism prevention oh, act wonderful. for your reaction to it. Uh, you You're very welcome, changes to make and it thank more you for not saying Antifa that. and it's pretending. It's been a while since you've been before the committee, and we've oh, we really, we really enjoyed it, looking like we were doing some kind of job. We really enjoyed making it seem like we had a purpose. Thank you. When our purpose, well, half of our purpose is to destroy democracy. And the other half is to um, destroy it slower, like. All right. Gesundheit, little Ray Ray. You cute little sneeze. Come here, Ray. Ah, I'm, a, I'm trapped by my own cord. Come here. Get over here, you little Ray. You little, little Ray. Everyone wants to say hello. Hello, Ray. He's a nice kid, isn't he? Look at how cute he is. Everybody? Ray. This is what I do for the rest of the time when I'm not on air. All right. You go sit there. You sit there. <laughs> All right. I have more stuff to talk about, but it's getting late. And I got a package downstairs. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow. What do you think? Isn't he handsome? He is. He is adorable. I should have called him Adorable. He's gorgeous. He's a gorgeous, gorgeous kid. He's kind of a pain in the ass, too, though. He, he's, uh, he's sweet, but he's, he plays with the other cats, and sometimes they don't like it. I think, you know, because he's a kitten, so he wants to play with them, and they're like, and I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear the anymore. I'm tired of it. The hissing. So and but they're 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 okay. They hang out a little bit. I hopefully it'll get better as they get older, as he gets older and calms down. But he's cute, and the other two are just like, get away from me. Leave me alone. All right, guys, guys, guys. Remember, I have other stuff. Okay, I had a whole other thing planned. Too. But we'll talk about it. Maybe somebody will become a patron by tomorrow and we'll do another show. What about that? 
What about that? I gotta go get the package. You got a package. Let's see. So, there you go. Become a patron at patreon.com slash for some more for unapologetic liberal talk. This is what we need. It's also what we need to push these goddamn Democrats. You know what I mean? It's the truth. We have to put pressure on them. So, uh, And also get the word out about how we have to have a functioning democracy. We know how to, we know, we know what we have to do and we just have to make it happen, you know, legally and peacefully. Thank you, Robin, for your super chat. So thank you, JD. Thank you, Guyon and Stephen Lee and Shadow Star Ace and Robin M for your super chat. Under the wire. You can also join us on Discord. Post some pictures of your own animals. I'd like to see that. And remember what I say. We will win. Especially if we get the... I mean, the liberal media is the hope. I believe. Because otherwise we... I Really, think about it. That's how this country was able to be transformed from they they were they wouldn't have been able to destroy the great prosperity and the new deal without right-wing media it's all it all stems from that that's why every authoritarian system takes over the media cuz we need i mean we're we're human beings are storytellers we're communicators we this is how we influence the 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 society so and those idiots who stormed the capitol that's they really think they came up with you know i saw this uh ad for something i don't know some talk show a new talk show and it was like we don't tell you what to think or something uh we we will we we know that you can think for yourself and so we are all, we're not here to tell you what to think. It's, it's, what are you talking about? No. And, and, and this is what the Republicans say, that, oh, they trust when they lie, you know, when their media lie, that you'll know, you'll be able to figure it out. No. So, oh, so you, you, you're going to be able to know what's bullshit and what's not bullshit what's propaganda what's fascist propaganda no that's not no 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 we trust you to know what to think no what's you know i mean people know what's right and what's wrong what's fair what's decent that those are things that you should that you should know inherently and human beings do we they've done studies on babies that babies know they 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 know what's fair they they want to be fair they want to soothe other humans they have empathy you know if you're a normal human not not a twitler but it's, you're supposed to be able to decipher what's bullshit and what's not so eh, i don't know i that's how the right wingers have been able to transform this country from 
the great prosperity into the United States of serfs and lords and change the entire definition of what a what it what what the American dream is. Well, we're here to change it back. And so that's that's what you're doing when you support the show. No kidding. This is the hope. <laughs> we're the hope for this country. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding there. The, the liberal media. All right, guys, and we will win because you know it. It's true. We're on the right side of history. We're on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy. They know it, too. That's why they have to pretend that they're us, like they care and like they're really fighting for truth, justice, and the American way when they're not. So remember, we will win, and we stick together. We win. My name is Tara Devlin. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin, and I will see you very soon.